Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to J.J. Abrams and his extended bad robot universe. I am Matt Crandall here with my co-host Marcelo Inestroza as we continue taking a look at Lost. We are currently in the middle of season three. Today, we are going to be talking about episodes 14, 15, and 16 as things start to get weird and the other's storyline is expanding. Our first episode is Expose, a episode that is all about everyone's favorite new Losties, Nikki and Paolo. Marcelo, how happy were you to finally get the backstory on Nikki and Paolo after waiting 14 whole episodes for this to be addressed? I cannot tell you how much I don't give a rat's ass about this episode. There is only one thing of substance that came out of this episode, and there might be two, but I, but, but I can't remember right now. The, the, that one thing of substance that came out of this episode was that Charlie finally admitted to Son that he was the one that dragged her through her own garden when he wanted to get revenge on Locke. Other than that, I was just like, why the fuck are we following these two lost characters that were only introduced like a couple episodes ago or a couple weeks ago? I, I, can't, I can't even remember when they were introduced. And for those of you who have been listening for a while, you guys know that I'm bad with names. So I don't know why I remembered their names like like in this particular episode. Perhaps it, it was it was because I was so incensed. I mean, look, <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't hate this episode. I did enjoy seeing sort of uh, pillars from the Lost franchise through their eyes. Like like there was one in particular that I enjoyed when we we go back to the pilot and we see Nikki waking up while all the chaos is going on and we see Shannon and we see Walt and then a couple of seconds later we see Boone run up to Nikki and, and and ask for a pen. And then and then right behind her in the distance you see Jack giving Rose CPR. So I did enjoy that. I did enjoy um seeing, you know, Boone and Shannon uh um show up in the airport after Nikki and Pablo uh, defraud this producer guy for some diamonds that he had. This episode really to me was a definition of filler. And I did like, I, I did like the fact that as our main losties on the island, were trying to figure out what the hell happened to these two on various occasions. Sawyer was like, who are these people? Why are we talking about these people? Who are you? Why do we care? You're going to have to carry <laughs> the emotional weight for at least this episode, because I really couldn't give a damn. Well, and here's the weird thing. I love this episode. I think this episode is super fun. And also the main thing I love about it is that we have been talking about how they tried to introduce these two new characters at the start of the season. And the audience never latched onto those characters and didn't go with the journey. And this episode is literally the writers saying, we were wrong. You guys were right. We're sorry. We're going to just pretend like this never happened. And so I think from 
the writer's standpoint, it's amazing that they could admit that they were so wrong. And they do so in this episode by saying, you're right. Here's what we thought we were kind of going to do with these characters, but nobody cares. So we are going to wrap it up. And they do it in such a way that literally they also at this point, these characters are only here for this backstory and to then have a tragic death where they're both buried alive, which goes to show how much of a failed plan this was. But I just love the the writers admit by doing this episode, we were wrong. We did, You were right. These characters are not working. So we might as well bury them alive because they don't have any other value. And add to that, when this episode starts, I absolutely loved the clip we see of Expose, which at first I was like, this is really weird. And there's this stripping scene with Nikki. And I'm like, this is so unlost for a flashback. And then freaking Billy D Williams shows up and I'm like, yes, Billy D Billy D Lando. And then when we find out it's a TV show, I was like, okay, that's why that scene doesn't feel like a normal lost flashback. So I loved that. And finding out that Nikki and Paolo are murdering assholes really relieves that weight of like, there's a reason the audience didn't like them. Their backstory explains they are bad people. They are dirt bags. So us as an audience rejecting them has been correct because these people are horrible. Uh, first things first, they get what they deserve. So having them buried alive. And it is fun that we do get to see Shannon and Boone again, who basically Nikki and Paula were kind of supposed to fill some sort of void that Shannon and Boone left and it just never happened. So revisiting moments from the pilot, that fun expose moment and finding out that our instincts about these jerks was right all along and them getting the worst death on lost. In my opinion, there's nothing worse than that moment where they're being buried alive. Like how terrible is that makes me love this episode, but not in terms of, you know, the lost mythology and our lovable lost characters. Cause they're not hardly in it, but for everything else. And for the fact that the writers were like, you guys were right. We were wrong. Sorry. It's the reason I totally dig it, but let's move on to one that hopefully you liked better. Marcelo episode 15 is called left behind. And it is a Kate flashback episode. Did this one give you something to sink your teeth into? Absolutely. I really enjoyed this episode. I loved the chemistry between Kate and uh, Juliet walking through the forest. At first, I thought that it was a little odd that, you know, you know, Juliet was chained to Kate after Kate got gassed by the others. As we go through this episode, we really find out Juliet is really vulnerable and we think that she is completely done with the others and that she has been left behind and that she has no other place to go. That being said, the ending of this episode really pissed me off. I go, how dare you? How could you, Blondie? What are you doing? The ending of this episode made me think back to, to 
Was everything with Juliet being excommunicated? Was that whole plan of her, you know, planning to kill Ben when uh, um, Jack was going to, you know, pretend to remove his tumor but let him die? Was it all just a giant play from the very beginning? The emotional anchor of this episode uh, was, you know, Kate coming across the woman who Sawyer taught to con and then sort of conned her out of her fortune. And I really, really liked their dynamic and the fact that this woman helped Kate sort of get a, get a question answered by Kate's mother as to why Kate's mother turned her into the police. And her explanation, the, the explanation that Kate's mother gives her is really, really heartbreaking. And it, it is so, so frustrating but I could relate with Kate's mom and her overall frustration. I don't agree with what she said to Kate. She, she basically told her, if I ever see you again, I'm going to scream my head off. So I never want to see you ever again, Katie. So I thought that was unnecessary. But I thought that was a particularly well-played scene by Evangeline Lilly and the actress who plays Kate's mom. Yeah, that was great. And that explains why in that episode where we find out about the man who Kate killed, why her mother starts screaming and won't let her speak when they have that encounter in the hospital. So at least they sort of teed that up in a way that makes that make sense because it was one of those things that felt off at the time. But now we know why, because they've had this previous conversation and it is super frustrating that we know Wayne was a bad guy. We know that what Kate did was her thinking she was helping and the fact that her mother still can't see it and is still saddened about the loss of this abusive piece of shit and chooses to be grieving and upset more than forgiving and loving of her daughter is super frustrating, but something that probably happens to people in real life, especially those who are in some sort of horrible, toxic relationship might not realize that that's what they're a part of. And the fact that Kate tried to extricate her from that in a permanent way is something she can't reconcile with. So that was heartbreaking to see. And the highlight of this episode definitely is the Kate and Cassidy storyline. Because when we catch up with Cassidy at first, I love that she's still doing low level cons that Sawyer taught her. So even though she's been burned, this is after James has stolen all of her money. She's still using the tricks that he taught her. And this like two, two criminals on the road together and sort of like a code of honor amongst thieves. I really love when they are hanging out. And of course she does have a talk with Kate about being pregnant and the man who stole her money. And Kate says like, you know, you should, get him locked up. And uh, I I love that this is sort of the impetus for Sawyer getting found out and getting arrested and getting put in jail like we saw a couple of weeks ago. So how those threads are starting to tie together was something I really liked. Overall, I like Juliet in my mind, in memory. But like watching this, I 
don't care for her at all on the rewatch so far, <laughs> which I think is only because still we're questioning her allegiance and Elizabeth Mitchell is great. But in these flashbacks, like where she's handcuffed to Kate, I just find her annoying um, when I'm watching this again. And I don't know that I felt that way the first time. And it's probably the, the baggage of everything where I know where we're heading. Like I still like her, but I do find her character to be frustrating and kind of getting on my nerves more than I thought I would, which is a little bit of a surprise to me. Do you think that Juliet as a character got better for you when she got together with James? Probably. And I think even the the end of the next episode that we're going to talk about in a couple of seconds adds like another layer to her. But I, there's something about her in this rewatch that's just rubbing me the wrong way. Um, and I honestly can't remember if I felt this way at the time or not. Because I'm trying to separate the fact that I love Elizabeth Mitchell and this character from the rest of the show out of the equation for now. I'm not sure. Before she was introduced, I was hinting to, to, to her as a character for, 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 for episodes. If you listen to our earlier episodes, I was referencing a woman that was going to make James right. So I do understand where you're coming from. But to me, all these lovely, lovely turns where she does these things that make us think about her allegiance and what she's ultimately driving towards, specifically in this batch, for some reason, uh, uh, it worked for me. John Locke. He is a moron. Like I said last week, I'm like, dude, whatever happens to you now, it's your fault and you can't blame anyone. You are so focused on believing that you are self-important that that is going to be the end of you. John's behavior, for, for the brief second that we saw of him in this episode, I was like, Man, I'm done with you. I'm I'm just I'm done. Right. I my one of my favorite scenes of this episode is that moment where Locke comes to say goodbye to Kate. And it is frustrating because the last time we saw Locke was when he was shown that his father was on the island through this magic box. And then now we see him and he's like, Goodbye. Like it's been nice knowing you. I tried to, you know, see if you could maybe come with us or like be part of this gang, but they know all about your past and they told me everything about you and, you know, they are not as forgiving. So like, they think you're not a good person and Kate's taking it in and she's like, what the hell have they brainwashed you? And he says, no, like they have not. I'm one of them now. Like, I don't want to leave this Island. I want to stay here forever so i thought that that finally like Locke is embracing this because he does have this weird self-importance complex we still don't know what went on with his father and that magic box yet there's still some gaps that we need to know about but i love that he said like i haven't been brainwashed i don't care if they're liars or what's going on 
as long as I'm staying on this island permanently, that's all I care about. And it was such a, wow, what a, what a jerk. But I just loved the way Terry O'Quinn and Evangeline played it in those moments that that was the highlight of the episode for me. And, you know, we did get those cool moments where the smoke monster shows up and Juliet types in stuff to the sonic barrier. Um, but that walk Kate moment was the highlight of this episode overall, I would say hundred percent. What did you think about the sort of relationship garble with Kate and Jack in this episode? Cause I particularly like how their small little exchange once they came back, the others, you know, sort of village and they found out that they, they were all gone. How did you feel about that? The, the Kate Jack dynamic going forward in these couple of episodes is fairly interesting because she now knows that Jack knows and that when Jack found out about her and Sawyer, it was like a heartbreaking moment. So she has to reconcile with the fact that she knows that she has heard him, but she still does have these feelings for him. And it wasn't meant to, you know, cut him down. So I do think that their little moments together, there's a lot of like subtext and a lot of going on and a lot of stuff unsaid, but a lot of emotions are just, below the surface so i i do like any of the moments that they get together now that she knows that he knows and all that you know dramatic irony is kind of at play our final episode for today's podcast is episode 16 one of us a juliet flashback marcelo when you're watching one of us did you see the end twist coming did you know that that was how this thing was going to go down as you were watching it? Oh, hell no. What happens at the end of this episode really makes me question everything that Juliet has done on a character basis from the very beginning. Because, you know, being that she was excommunicated, everything that she went through with Jack about trying to convince Jack to kill Ben in a roundabout way as he was trying to remove the tumor from his spine. But, you know, that's the thing that I like about the Juliet character in this rewatch, that her motives to this point, at least to me, are unknown. Granted, I know where she ends up and I know where she's going, but I like all the twists and turns that the writers are giving her character and they're still making me question if she's a really good person or not. And I'm enjoying that, unlike you, where you you seem to be getting a little bit sort of frustrated and latching on to her character. I've been latched on her to her character even before, even before we knew she existed. So I think on that basis alone, I'm having a little bit more fun with her character than you are at this point. And I think part of the reason that I'm not loving Juliet this time through is that I do despise in a lovable way, Ben and here she still feels like Ben's puppet. 
So she hasn't really come into her own. This episode does provide some more of the emotional stuff that will help me come around to Juliet in the long run. But that final scene where we find out that everything that has happened with her being left behind, Claire getting sick, her (laughs) in this position to try and get in with the Losties has all been orchestrated by Ben. It is a plan thought out to the minute detail that before all of the stuff went down with the gas masks, this was all part of the plot. Juliet is still in with the others. She has not been chucked out. So that pisses me off. But because of these flashbacks, we start to learn a bit more about why she might be willing to double cross everyone that we care about in an effort to hopefully get home to see her sister, Rachel and the kid that she has never met that Rachel had. So I thought that was interesting. And I do like that moment where she has shown the video where Richard is like live streaming at a park. Uh, and she's, you know, breaking down because it's so emotional that she has been held captive here and been taken on such a roller coaster where Ben says, your sister has cancer again. She's going to be dead unless you stay. And if you stay, Jacob will take care of it and your sister will be cured, but you can never leave until this work is done. And she agrees, but we still wonder because we can't trust Ben at all. And even in this episode where she says you had to have been lying about being able to cure cancer because you have cancer. Well, we wonder, did her sister's cancer ever come back or was that BS? Are, are they falsifying medical charts the same way that they can falsify pretending that they're savages living on the island? There's so many questions about what's going on with the others that it raises that it it's tough to sort out what is true and what is a lie as long as Benjamin Lioness is in the mix. Now, did you like seeing that Juliet actually had a relationship with Goodwin, who we know is dead and buried as a result of stuff that we saw last year? I really saw Juliet's anguish in this, uh, particularly in the flashbacks. Once she gets to the island and we see Goodwin and we see my favorite Canadian in the lost history again, I was listening to you talk and I was like, you know what, maybe Juliet kind of knows what she wants out of this situation, but she isn't She isn't physically, mentally able to outwit this son of a bitch called Benjamin Linus. Because we know that there's somebody else behind Ben, but Michael Emerson plays the character in such a way that he is slimy, he is untrustworthy, but he plays it with a, with a monicum of sincerity that makes you believe that, oh, there's something off about this guy, but something makes me want to trust him, and something makes me want to believe that he's telling the truth. And I specifically like that scene where Ben 
says that I'm a man of my word. Jacob promised me that he would take care of your sister's cancer himself. And I'm like, there's that name again, Jacob. I love the fact that Ben is slimy, he's untrustworthy, he's a monster, but he's a monster that makes you believe that he's the good guy. And that's the the scariest kind of monster, the one who can blend in and make you think that he's on your side when actually he's doing everything in his power to work against you. That's a really smart observation for sure. And I did like, as much as I, you know, can't trust Juliet, and we get these cool moments still where we don't know the fuck is happening with the island where, like, you know, they, Richard and Ethan give her that orange juice and they're like, oh yeah, you got to be knocked out to go to this place. And when he starts explaining, like, you were fine with condition one through 10, why would this be a deal breaker? You start to think, like, there is a lot of weird stuff going on with this company that it takes a certain kind of person to dive in and be able to look past that. So there is something that Juliet is longing for or needing some sort of validation that she's seeking. That's still maybe not entirely clear, but maybe that's something that a lot of the others have in common with each other. Some thing that they're seeking drives them to, to go through all these hoops to come to this mysterious place that they know nothing about and abandon their family. They may not know that it's permanent, but that also brings up more questions about like, who are all of these others? And if there's a few scientists, like who else did they recruit? And what is this group of people that we still don't know a lot about? Uh, Highlight of this episode is probably just the great moment where Jack comes back for the first time since being gone all season. And everybody's like, Jack. And those great moments where, you know, him and Sawyer see each other and they shake hands, but then they do hug and, and Kate and Sawyer have a moment and it's like, okay, you know, now our core is back together moving forward. We are converging these storylines that for 16 episodes, everyone has been scattered. And finally we're getting back to that great all for one kind of dynamic with the core losties that now moving forward, we can hopefully get a lot more interaction with our favorite characters together rather than small scenes of them doing things on their own. So I was really happy that we are back to where I would like the show to be, where everyone is together on the beach working towards a common goal. And now we've got saboteur Juliet thrown into the mix. So I'm intrigued to see where this is all heading. Oh, don't get it twisted, Matt. Everybody's together, and for a while, they're going to be singing Kumbaya for a while. It's going to it's gonna be our original team of Losties against the others. But, you know, by, by the end of this season, both of us, or at least one of us, is going to be in tears. I'm sorry if I keep harping on the, the, the Juliet thing. But it really annoyed the shit out of me. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's taken me this long to realize. It's taken me listening to you talk about how this betrayal, it really annoyed the shit out of me that after everything that Ben put her through, why would she continue to trust this asshole? 
And maybe the reason why she continues to trust this asshole is what I just said is, you know, is what I just said a few moments ago. But that to me is a hallmark of good writing and good storytelling. So I am just enraptured to see what the hell happens next. Granted, I don't know what happens next. I know the major points of where we're going, but I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple episodes. So I'm, I am really, really looking forward to finding out what, what Juliet hopes to gain by being a spy for Ben with our losses. Because I'm like, what can you hope to gain out of this? What can Ben possibly give you that is tantalizing enough to, to betray these people who have, who have gone to bat for you, specifically Jack. So what did he dangle in front of your face? What is it? When Ben is a guy who has been using the carrot and the stick for so long and relying mostly on the stick that you just wonder, is she only doing this because that carrot, she doesn't realize that there's any other carrots out there. And maybe by the end of this season, or hopefully sometime soon, she will start to realize that Ben's not the only way off the island. There might be other options to to get her ultimate goal that would make her settle in and not be such a a turncoat who's going to break some hearts on the island. So I think that brings us to the end of this batch of episodes in those final moments with Juliet where we find out she's a turncoat. Ben says, I'll see you in a week. So tune into our podcast in a week to find out what the hell Benjamin Linus was talking about as we continue our journey through Lost Season 3. On the next pod, we will be talking about Episodes 17, 18, and 19. So if you are watching along, those are the ones to watch. If you have any comments or questions for us, we are on Twitter at JJUniverse815, or you can use the hashtag Radio815. We will read your comments or questions on the show. If you want to reach out to me, Matt Crandall, I am on Twitter at Matt Crandall. Marcelo, Twitter is a great spot to reach out to you. What's your handle on there? If you want to reach out to me, I'm at CreekFanatic88. All right. So that'll do it. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Until next time, Radio 815, over and out.